0: A long, difficult week on Michigan State's campus and across the state, concluded with, of all things, a basketball game on Saturday night. It was an emotional occasion in which the Spartans and Wolverines put their rivalry aside to come together as one in what will be a long, healing process in the wake of a shooting that left three MSU students dead and sent five others to the hospital. On the court, Michigan was able to get a very important win for its season. For Michigan State, a disappointing loss in the game. It certainly played well enough to win. We will discuss all angles of the emotional evening on episode 102 of MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. Brandon Champion, Kyle Austin, and Matt Wenzel with you on Monday, February 20th, 2023. Hope everyone is doing okay out there. Uh, We've been on an extended break. Uh, First, I was on vacation uh, in Florida, which was was needed, but then we were uh, about to come back and the senseless tragedy occurred on campus, and we just didn't feel it was appropriate to talk about something as trivial as college basketball when something like that occurred. So uh, that's why we've been away from a little bit, but uh, we've obviously continued to cover, and our entire team here at MLive has has done a great job, in my opinion, of covering uh, this tragedy from all sorts of angles. Uh, Kyle, I did see you and Andrew did a short episode previewing the game in Ann Arbor, so uh, we did have that for you, but Let's talk about this. Let's talk about the scene. We'll talk about the game eventually and what it means for the rest of Michigan State season, but uh let's put the game aside for a second here and just talk about the scene at Chrysler Center. Uh Kyle, what was it like being in that building? It had to be something.
2: Yeah, uh incredibly moving. Um uh, most notably the the moment of silence. Um you know, some people have mentioned me Fox didn't did, did they show clips of it or, or not after the, whole the thing? Fact. after they the didn't fact, show it Okay. Well, I wish they would have, and I understand TV windows and whatnot, but um, really moving, um, uh, you know, several seconds of silence. Um, and it was total silence. I mean, sometimes those moments in silence aren't, but this one was total silence um, with, the green, with the green lights on the whole arena and then um, the Michigan pep band um, playing uh, MSU Shadows, uh, Michigan State's alma mater. Uh, so really moving, I think, for a lot of people. And then, you know, beyond that, it was – you know Michigan State's players when they came out to warm up were applauded. Um and um you know signs from from uh fans there, Michigan fans about their support. You know, Michigan wore the warm-up shirts. Uh, they passed out a lot of um a lot of stickers with like a um Spartan logo and a heart on it. So um I I I know Tom is always very appreciative of everything Michigan did. I know Alan Haller was very appreciative of everything Michigan did. Um and I thought I thought that they um, they did a really nice job of um, of recognizing everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think just an important night for you know obviously college basketball fans and fans of college sports, but just the state as a whole, you know, I mean we've talked about it at length on this pod, you know after the tunnel stuff, how the the temperature of the rivalry between Michigan and Michigan State has probably gone a little bit too far into hate and drifted away sort of from, you know, friendly competition. It's it's gotten a little nasty. The vitriol has been a little little too far in the wrong direction. And you know, I don't think anyone thought that a school shooting is what it would take to sort of bring the programs together. But in a roundabout way, it has it has come on and brought these two programs close together for a common goal. And to sort of just, for the whole state, I think, to just see, you know, the two marquee universities in the state sort of come together and, and you know, find common humanity and just sort of put sports aside I thought it was really powerful. And I, you know, I think it was the start of what is going to be a long healing process. Like I said, off the top there, but, uh, I know it helped me just as someone who's around Michigan state and has, has, you know, family that has gone there and, uh, spends a lot of time on campus, whether it's going to, you know, games or just hanging out with people I know there. I mean, it, it meant a lot to me to just sort of see the state come together in solidarity and, uh, And uh, to start this process. And we saw more of that on Sunday with people showing up to campus and just telling dad jokes and giving hugs and donating stuff. And it's just been, it's, it's been great to see the support, you know, not just from people in Michigan, but across the country and across Big Ten country. Uh, It's been pretty emotional for me personally.
2: Yeah, and and I know a lot of people were, um, were questioning, you know, even about playing that game. Um, and, and what is the right thing to do? And I don't think that there's, I don't think there's a the right answer um, to all that. But at, at some point, um, you do keep, you know, you resume the events, um, you know, of your life. Um, and um, that's what they try to do. And it, I don't know. I guess it, it, i guess it felt right to me, I mean, I think the Minnesota game two days obviously had to be canceled, letting that wasn't, or postponed um, um as I should say, and I think that was a no brainer, but now uh I, Saturday felt right to me as far as time since the since the event um and, and the atmosphere about it felt right to me and and now you're kind of you know we had a chance to talk to Tom earlier today, uh which is Monday, and you know he let off, and he said. You know, this tragedy is not going away and we don't want it to go away. It's a part of this school and it's a part of this team. But at the same time, like there's value in normalcy, too. And I think that's what they were trying to do on Saturday, bring some level of normalcy. So I I think for Michigan State, the rest of the season is kind of your your balancing act of uh obviously continuing to honor you know the victims and and to keep them in the forefront but also um kind of move forward and and have some sense of normalcy and, and keep playing basketball games so that's that's difficult to do i mean everyone on Michigan State's um team obviously is a um a student too and and, and they're all being affected by this and they're they're going through trauma and and grief and all those things too so it's it's a very difficult situation. Michigan State unfortunately has had several um kind of grief related uh, situations in the last several years, but they're you know they're navigating it the best they can,
0: yeah, and sports we've there's so many examples through history of sports uh bringing people together, helping people get over trauma, things that have happened. you know nine eleven was a long time ago, but that pops to mind, you know, just how that NFL Sunday when the flags were rolled out and it really went a long way to helping people sort of move on and not forget, but to sort of just get on with their lives. And I don't know, Matt, you talked to Mel Tucker, you, you were covering the women's basketball game at Breslin. Uh, I'm sure similar emotions were conveyed to you.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was, you know, the women also had a game postponed. Um, and, and this was their return just like the men's team on Saturday after the the fact. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was, you know, it wasn't this, you know, obviously it wasn't, you know, 15,000 people or whatever the case may be, um, but, you know, there was about 3,500 or so there, and yeah, an emotional moment. Um, obviously, they did a, uh, you know, a moment of silence before the game, or um, tears from uh, some of the Michigan State players, and um, I spoke with uh, with Alan Haller before the game, and, you know, you could just, you can just see the look, you know, on his face, you know, it's, it's it was a very, very long week, and you know, don't forget Alan's background, you know, he was MSUPD. you know, before getting into athletics. So, you know, very interesting um, perspective to have, I guess, for him. And, and, you know, obviously a very tough week for, for him and, and, you know, in the women's team as well. And, you know, good game um, came back from, they were down 16 and had a chance to win. So, uh, or it. I'm sorry, in the final second. So they, they put up a good effort. And um, yeah, I spoke with uh, Mel Tucker was sitting uh, second row during the game. So, I cornered him at halftime in between, uh, fans, uh, talking to him and yeah, I mean, he, 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 he's been somewhat quiet social media wise, um, since, since the events. And I, I think you can certainly understand that, but, um, kind of in the background, he, he went to the vigil on, uh, um, Wednesday night last week, um, was just kind of there in the crowd and taking it all in. so it was, you know, a surreal experience. Um, you know, when, when, the reports of the the shooting um first started coming in he was picking up some food some to-go food and kind of you know said just everybody in the restaurant was checking their phones somebody knows who worked there you know thought he had a kid at the that was going to be at the union and went and called and yeah it, it you know obviously you know unique situation and, and he said that the you know between you know the coaching staff and the support staff they work very quickly to make sure you know, a large roster of players where everybody was safe and, and they were able to do that that night. And, you know, and he said that, you know, echoed a lot of, you know, the same thoughts that, that everybody else has, you know, um, you know, the, the focus moving forward is, you know, helping making sure the student athletes are, are doing okay as best they can, you know, providing mental health resources as needed. And, you know, he'd said, you know, guys are just voluntarily coming in if they want, you know, it's their, it's their winter strength and conditioning program right now. And he said, but that's you know that kind of that's secondary um, for them as a, as a team right now. Moving forward, um, you know, just making sure everybody's uh, doing the best they can.
0: What do you make of Tom Izzo's role in all this, Kyle? I mean, we know he's he says he's just a basketball coach. We know he's a lot more than that. When it comes to the school, he's a fe- he's essentially the de facto spokesperson at this point for the school. I mean, he is the figurehead. Uh, you know, we saw him at the vigil. We've seen him in press conferences. Just being strong, he's doing a great job, in my opinion, of measuring strength and balancing it against vulnerability. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really impressive stuff. I mean, I tweeted that, you know, him saying that he's a basketball, just a basketball coach is the most untrue thing he's ever said. I don't know if that's true, but I, I, I definitely believe that. And my, my sister who went to Michigan state, you know, is telling me stories about how Tom Izzo can get kids on that campus to basically do anything. Like, if he tells them to do something, they do it. You know, he has, like, this power over them and this influence that not a lot of other adults have on that campus, and I've just been so impressed with him through all of this.
2: Yeah, I thought he he hit the right tone and and kind of the right notes throughout all this, starting with with the vigil um, two days after the shooting and and carrying on through his press conferences. Um, He would be the first to admit, and he'd say this, that, He's not naturally wired um, best to to be in the situation because he's in he's kind of an old school you know rub some dirt on it you know don't complain type of guy um, and that's that served him well in his basketball coaching career but I, what I give him credit for is that um, he has really recognized that that approach has not worked when it comes to grief. And that, um, you know, the, he, t- he was talking today about you got to put the macho athlete. I'm fine. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. Uh, sort of mentality aside. And, um, and you know, talk about your feelings and cry if you need to. And, you know, he was up there at the vigil saying, hey, I I cry all the time on national television. Take after me. Cry in front of people. Cry in front of your friends and family if you need to. Um, and and I think I'm guessing that for a lot of people, that's, that's meaningful to hear um, from somebody like Izzo. Uh, you know, unfortunately... You know, I think back. I've thought back to all this through um, what happened in 2019, early in the season when uh, Cassius Winston's brother, Zachary, uh, took his own life. And, um, you know, they went through the rest of that season really dealing with a lot of very serious mental health issues, Um, obviously starting with Cassius, but with, with other people on the team as well. And I think that was... Um, an unfortunate lesson for him and how to kind of navigate a situation. And this is different. Um, no two of these situations are the same, but you're, you're still dealing with, with death and grief and trauma um, and all those sorts of things. And I, I, I I think, unfortunately, he's, he, he's learned from all that. And I say unfortunately because you hope that none of these things ever happen. But I do think he was in a better place this time to to kind of handle this, not only with his team, but publicly. And and I agree. I think he's done an admirable job uh, with all of that.
0: So there's not really a good way to transition away from all that into talking about basketball. I mean, I so I'm just going to do it. Like There was a game on the court. Uh, Michigan State as you mentioned had their game against Minnesota canceled and maybe we can talk about I know that Tom addressed uh, whether or not that that game will be played I think from a Michigan State standpoint you you want that game to be played I mean that's Mm -hmm. a game that you're going to in all likelihood add a W Minnesota has struggled a lot this year so uh, you want that game on your schedule for nothing else to make that record look better I mean I think Michigan State is going to avoid the bubble as long as they avoid a huge collapse here but so maybe you can talk about what the uh the Minnesota game might be worked in here but on the court Michigan State loses at Michigan 84-72 it was a very good game uh Michigan State had plenty of opportunities to win it certainly played well enough to win it they were in control for most of the game I thought and then the Wolverines put the clamps down at the end Kobe Buffkin makes sort of a A flailing, crazy three-pointer that goes Mm -hmm. down. Uh, Hunter Dickinson knocks down the the backbreaker three and does a little dance, uh, much to the chagrin of Spartan Nation everywhere, I'm sure. But uh, a win Michigan had to have if it was going to save its season. Uh, And again, Michigan and Michigan State split in the season series.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'll start by tying things together a little bit and saying that I, I don't think the situation um, really had any effect on how the situation, I mean, by being, you know, within a week of a tragedy. I, I don't think that really had any effect, and credit to Michigan State's team. They they came out and they hit seven of the first eight shots, and I thought they they played with energy and, um, you know, looked like a team that it, was handling a difficult situation well. So I think we can talk about it as a regular basketball game, because yeah, I think Michigan State's players were were able to play it as that. And, yeah, played really well. Played well enough to to win on the road, um, and we're up by eight in the first half, up by six in the second half, and then uh, Michigan scored the last twelve points of the game. A lot of those were um, were free throws. There, kind of when Michigan State was trying to extend things, but um, really disappointing, I think, for Michigan State feeling like they were that close to a win um, in Chrysler. I mean, really, what changed is um, I ironically jet howard who is a great player probably gonna be a first-round draft pick goes down with an injury doesn't come back and it kind of forced michigan to go to this too big lineup um with hunter dickinson um and Terrence reed next to each other which ben you probably watch it more than i have i don't think they've used that a whole that lineup a whole lot this year it's um, been
0: more lately yeah I, I saw I
2: know I watched some of their Wisconsin game and saw a little bit of it, but it's not something that i am guessing Michigan State didn't do a ton of prep for it and um those two I think scored like twelve or fifteen points of theirs down the stretch and um I, I somehow have the rebounding numbers in front of me they each got four offensive rebounds um you know Michigan as a team got fourteen offensive rebounds to Michigan state six um so Brandon you mu if you're trying to say something um but um
0: 38 25 they were out rebounded
2: 38 25 sure. so yeah i mean and that that really just kind of flipped the game and it, i mean I'll go back to to this every single pod but um michigan just did not have the front court depth to deal with that and, and in fairness few teams would um in the big 10 but at least having one you know good defensive serviceable big out there um could have made a difference mighty circle fouled out and he was in foul trouble with that stretch so that explains some of it but um if i'm thinking about the games where i look at the season for michigan state and say they lost that game i think in large part because of their center situation honestly it's a pretty small list for me um but i would put saturday's game on that list i think you got a, uh you know even a serviceable you know starting caliber big 10 level big man um i think that could have made a difference
0: down there in the stretch had four points and two rebounds, no blocks, no steals, five Mm -hmm. fouls. I mean, that's just not good enough for starting big man in the big 10. And I'm, I don't want to criticize the kids too much because they've had a tough week and they they played admirably. They played hard. Uh, I'm, I'm really proud of the whole team. So just to get that out front, but I I don't really want to go back to the big man thing either, but there's people clamoring now Carson Cooper needs more minutes, you know, Jackson Kohler still liability on defense, but at least he gives you something down low, a post presence. I mean, the center topic has been a conversation all year and is going to continue to be do those freshmen need more minutes? Especially Carson Cooper.
2: I think so. And and as you mentioned today that I think they're going to get them. Whether they actually pulls the trigger on it, I don't know. But they're um, you know, Maddie is just not figuring it out. Um, and I, I think they need to start looking at other options, and I think they're going to. Um and You know, interesting to me, at least for that stretch, I've heard people for for forever talk to Izzo about or complain about Izzo not just trying to match other teams, you know, and not try to put a mismatch out there and exploit it. Well, that's what he did on Saturday. You know, Michigan went big and he went the opposite way. And he went small and he went Hall-Hauser, which is partially because of, um, you know, um, Maddie being in foul trouble. But also, I mean, he kind of said like, all right, we don't, we can't really defend that. We might as well put, Our best scoring lineup out there. And those guys. Um, just weren't able to do that. Um, you know, I think Malik Hall, um, got scored on by Hunter Dickinson, went down to the other end at one point got around him, but then got blocked by Terrace Reed, you know, and, um, Joey had a good game overall, but weren't really able to hit shots down the stretch. So, um, they tried, you know, but it's, you know, if that's kind of where they're at and that they can't match a big lineup, so they're just going to go small and play offense for offense, which is kind of antithetical to a lot of what Michigan State's done, um, kind of says a lot about where things are right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Michigan State. If it does make the tournament, I think their chances of getting to the second weekend—I don't want to say hundred percent—relying on matchups, but it's going to depend a lot on matchups. Yeah. Because if they if they go against one of these, you know, top four seeds or top, uh, you know, say a two or a one or two seed, top eight team in the country, and they've got a dominant big man, it's going to be tough. They're going to have to shoot the lights out. I really do think they did a good job on Hunter Dickinson, though, in the first mm-hmm. half, especially. On defense. I mean, what did he have? Like two points late into the first half? They did a nice job on him overall. I mean, even in the second half, like he got a, a couple things going, but Taurus Reed, honestly, was the one that was sticking out more. And that stings a little bit for Michigan State fans because I know Tom was after him pretty hard. Uh, Seems like he was considering Michigan State. And then all of a sudden, Juwan Howard and Michigan swooped in. Uh, so that was, had to sting a little bit more, but, uh, I don't know. It's the front court remains an issue, and consistency from certain guys remains an issue. I didn't think the back court had its best game against Michigan. Joey Hauser is Michigan State's best player at this point. What is it? Three straight games hitting 20. Um, and then Malik Hall slowly making it, starting to look more and more like himself. And safe to say, Jade Nakins is all the way back, Kyle. Yeah,
2: that Duncan transition. I mean, it's a shame we couldn't talk about it more because he did not want to talk about it on Saturday, but no, I mean, my other biggest takeaway as far as positives from Michigan state is, is what you just mentioned, Willie Um had 14 points. So not only like numbers wise, was he better, but I just thought physically he looked um, significantly better than he has um, the way he moved. He had two dunks early in the first half, you know, had the transition um, transition alley-oop that he finished. I mean, these are things he was not doing a week or two ago because he was, you know, he's, he's had a significant foot injury and he was tentative, but, He doesn't look tentative anymore, and and we've talked a lot on this podcast about how, how big of a difference he can make when he's truly out there and healthy and playing well.
0: Does Michigan State need to try and run a little more to get this offense figured out, or is that just not what they're going to do this year?
2: It's. It, I mean, like, I feel like I've been hearing them say that for three months that they want to, and I
0: three hundreds in tempo. I mean, it's just not happening.
2: No, I mean, just count. I mean, I'm just dubious at this point. If they've been talking about it for months and it's not happening and not happening, I, I, I have a hard time believing they're just going to flip a switch here in the last couple of weeks and make it happen. There's legitimate reasons it hasn't happened. You know, when you're shorthanded, you're just not going to be able to run. So I mean, what they're kind of saying now is, well, we're we're full strength now. You know, we have we don't have AJ Holgar playing 36 minutes, and Joey Joey playing 39. Um, so maybe that helps some, but I don't know. I just I have a hard time seeing it happen. I think this team is what it is. I think when you get down to um, this point in the season, most teams are what they are, um, and this is just not a good good fast break team for whatever reason.
0: So if you look at the rest of the season and what Michigan State can try and do to improve its its seeding in March and just solidify that they're a tournament team, which, like I said, everywhere has them in right now. But, you know, you got Indiana at home tomorrow, you've got at Iowa on Saturday, and then you've got at Nebraska next Tuesday at home versus Ohio State on Saturday. I heard you guys saying today or Tom saying today there's a chance that the Minnesota game could get uh, slipped in there uh, in the last week of the season, which would give them two home games to end the year. Um, like I said, I think Michigan state's motivated to get that Minnesota game back because they, they could use a more, another win in the record, but you know, they've gone through the gauntlet of their, of their big 10 schedule, not to say any of these games are easy. Um, but you know, the, the door is open there for Michigan state to sort of get some momentum going into March.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of a glass half full, half empty sort of thing. Um, yes, the door is definitely open. Um, you know, they don't, they don't have Purdue again. Um, Indiana at home, Kenpon has them winning, which surprises me a little bit. Um, at Iowa, they beat Iowa already. It's tougher to play there, but they beat Iowa. Um, at Nebraska, it looks a heck of a lot tougher than it did a week ago, but still pretty winnable. Um, and then Ohio State at home is the easiest game currently on the schedule. Um, and and just to kind of fill out what you were saying, um Thursday, March 2nd looks like the makeup date for Minnesota. Um, I have a story kind of explaining everything about that on mwive.com slash So I won't go into it, but they're gonna move a they're gonna move a Minnesota Rockers game to kind of make room for it. Um, th- none of this is set in stone. This could all fall apart, but this is the plan. Um, and Michigan State would end up playing three games in five days to end its season Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. But that's what they want to do to get this in. Um, Minnesota. I mean, they're very depleted. Um, They're the only really real walkover in the Big Ten, Um, so it, it's be a quad four game. So I don't know if it's going to do that much for you in terms of your NCAA tournament seed, but I, I also think that it could help your Big Ten tournament seed, and I I, I think there's importance in that because the, you we know how crowded it is in the middle. If you if you can. If you can get an extra win on your on your record and potentially move up a spot or two, that could make your draw in Chicago here in a couple of weeks uh, a lot easier. And if and if you if you need a win um, going into there, then um, it it, it could it could make a difference. So I I think there are several reasons to play that game.
0: And just the history, the data says, you know, you get to double digit wins in the Big Ten. Not to say they can't do that even without the Minnesota loss, but or the Minnesota game, but. You're usually in good shape if you get to that. I get, but, yeah, like, say it, it could take them from playing a day earlier if they get another yeah. win on there. So I think that's a good point. Um, let's see. Is there anything else to to add on here with hoops or uh, anything like that, Kyle?
2: Uh, no, I don't think so. I just wanted to touch on the, the Minnesota stuff, which we did. Um, and then, yeah, going to going to Iowa um, on, on this weekend. They'll be the other game this week.
0: All right. Yeah. And we're, we'll, we'll react to those games on the next pod. We should be weekly now here through the rest of the season. Obviously this is crunch time uh, for us. College basketball guys. I saw uh, the A-Sun tournament starts a week from today, Kyle. So uh, the conference tournaments are coming, baby. I'm, I'm getting do fired you, up. Do bunch. you do a, do,
2: do you do a Jerome? Uh,
0: a Jerome explain to me.
2: They, so you got to pick the winner of every conference tournament. Oh yeah. So like yeah, yeah. 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 Actually
0: yeah. I was, I was just talking to uh, one of my college basketball, the non-casual college basketball. Chat, <laughs> uh, we were talking about doing a little uh, competition for the conference tournaments. So uh, I'm definitely, I love it, man. I'll watch yeah. all that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll watch it all. But uh, uh, Matt, what's the waiting for spring practice dates, right? Just to touch on football. Yeah. Yeah. They're,
1: you know, they're still, like I mentioned earlier in their winter strength and conditioning program that'll, carry them into spring practice. They haven't announced anything official, but I believe the Izzo run walk is the 15th of April and they've traditionally done spring game. I can throw some quote marks in the air while I'm saying that, um,
0: the the
1: same day. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know about that. We'll see, but, uh, Um, Yeah, so they haven't announced it yet. um, But either way, they'll get their 15 practices in, including uh, whatever they do publicly at at Spartan Stadium for for fans to get a look. Um, But yep, nothing, nothing announced. But I imagine it'll be when they when they get back from spring break, which is March, what, 6th to 10th, I believe it's that week. So um, I would expect it to be after that.
2: Pro Bowl steals competition. Let's make it happen. (laughs)
0: oh yeah oh god did you guys see that nba all-star game last night just an (laughs) An absolute embarrassment to sports like i I,
1: I did not subject myself to that all-star games are not my uh not my thing and in any sport um I used to Baseball. watch them all, but I Baseball's can't.
0: Baseball's okay still. Yeah. Baseball.
1: Ever since the the one that ended in a tie, I've been uh, even tuned out in, on that for the most part. So, um, yeah, nope, no, I didn't. I did watch the the highlights of the dunk contest because I missed it live. That was uh,
0: Mac McClung, something. baby. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Georgetown, great. Mac McClung. Um, By the and way, poor Jackson. Jackson.
2: Poor Jaron Jackson getting picked last. That's the only Michigan State tie.
0: I think he'll be okay. He's an NBA All Star now, so. Uh, but yeah, great weekend for Georgetown. Mac McClung wins the uh, dunk <laughs> contest and then uh, uh, Georgetown beat Butler on the road. It was like their first road win all year. So shouts to Patrick Ewing. Uh, anyways, I think that's going to do it uh, for today's episode of my Spartan Confidential Podcast. Uh, been a tough week there for everyone. I know um, it's going to continue to be tough, but uh, I've been pretty impressed by how the community and, and really the whole state and, and the whole region has come together to sort of Lend support. It was really, really great to see all the the community down there on Sunday helping the students out uh, as they try and get back to normalcy. So, mlive.com is where you'll find all our coverage of everything uh, surrounding the shooting. We've, our entire staff has been all over, and of course, Kyle and Matt have been on the uh, sports angles, and we'll continue to do so. So, for Kyle Austin and Matt Wenzel, I'm Brandon Champion. Thank you once again for listening to MLive Spartan Conference podcast. We'll talk to you next time. And go green.